welcome to the Knights of the Smith Dinner Table actual play video of our newest campaign. It is going to be known as the Legend of the Rambo House Saints, and we are playing it using the Pathfinder for Savage Worlds rule set. Now, for those of you who don't know, Pathfinder for Savage Worlds has been released by Pinnacle Entertainment Group. It is still in the Kickstarter release phase, so only those of us who backed it have the actual rule set, but I can tell you straight up from all the fun that I've had reading the rules, it is pretty amazing. So hopefully you guys all feel the same as we go on. Now, if you're not familiar with Savage Worlds, it is an open-ended dice system. Uh, there is not a D20 in sight. Hit points are not a thing. Instead, we use wounds, and everybody has three of those. Um, some special rules for the setting that we have in place... Um, for those of you who are Savage Worlds players, uh, the official rules of uh, wound cap, so heroes can take no more than four wounds in one hit. Um, that makes it so that way they can definitely survive. And uh, sorry, my brain is trying to shut down on me. As well as Joker's Wild, which means every time a Joker is drawn for initiative, then everybody on that side who is a wild card gets a Benny. Bennies are kind of like hero points, but much, much cooler because you can use them for everything. Um, <clears throat> the other rules that we are using are dynamic backlash. So when one of my heroes, and right now there's only one of my heroes who has magic, or any of the bad guys who use magic, roll a critical failure, which is a one on their skill die as well as a one on their wild die, I get to roll on a fancy table and we see what happens. Anytime somebody takes a wound, the gritty wounds uh, rule is in effect as well. And what that means is, is every time you take a wound, something bad happens. So we're going to see people spending bennies left and right to try and keep from taking wounds unless they really want to see what happens. And the last one is conviction. Now, with conviction, whenever one of my heroes here gets a conviction point, they can later spend it to get an extra D6 to add on to any skill roll that they wish. Um, and I think it can also be used on any damage roll as well. We'll see. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Without further ado, though, let's go ahead and introduce our heroes. So starting out, we're going to go with Spike. Spike Lee, played by Miss Kristen Stevenson. Kristen, tell us all about Spike. Stevens. Blah, um, blah. Blah. So I am a cactus leshy. I'm adorable. Um, <laughs> what all do you want me to share? Feel free to tell those folks in the audience uh, whatever you'd like to about her background. Um... Well, I'm on a quest to fight giants. Um, I always heard a very heroic story of my great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, and how he battled um, giants in this heroic battle. And I want to be just like him, so I'm out trying to find giants so I can slay and be a hero just like him. And uh, what, what does she do? Like, what class, if you will, is she? Oh, I am a druid. I'm the best druid there ever was. I guess we're going to see. All right. Next up would be Mike with Bash. Bash is a fighter who's out in this area trying to look for lost dwarven ruins, which should be rampant in the Mindspin Mountains. Um, every problem's a nail, and Bash has the hammers. All right, that brings us to Thid, played by Dustin Stevens. Uh, Thid is also a dwarf, but unlike Bash, he never really did well with the hammers or the forge. Uh, came from a family of miners, and that just wasn't his thing. Uh, turned into a bit of a nerd and a bookworm, so he is out trying to gather some of his own research on giants and orcs alike um, to return with some useful knowledge uh, back to his clan. And he is uh, an alchemist 
out searching for weaknesses. And last but definitely not least, Nick Webbin playing Wilkes. Yes, I'm uh, Wilkes Jones. I am a half-elf, predominantly more elven than human features. But I am a vagabond roguelike character. I grew up in a nearby village that was uh, plundered by giants. My father was the captain of the city guard and thought it would be good for me to take up what the family was doing. And I decided to slack off and abandon my post, which was the downfall of my village. I joined a caravan and that's how I ended up in town. And I'm pretty much take what I need to live and nothing else. All right, so with our four heroes gathered, let's go ahead and dive right in and, well, let's get savage. So each of you have made your way to the village of Trunal in the Hold of Belkson, which the Hold of Belkson is primarily orc lands. And Trunal is the last human settlement that is thriving inside these lands held by the orcs. Occasionally, you get the orc tribes that will come at the tr at the town and just throw their hordes against the walls and try and take it out. But so far, this city, or not city, this town has held. Now, the reason it's held is because rather than like your, your typical towns, they have kind of a military type setup for their government. At the head of which is a half-elf half orc half-elf, half-orc woman named Halgra of the Blackened Blades, and she has been named the chief defender of Trunau. Around her, she has several other prominent members of the town who also help her decide on everything that happens with the town, including um, the captain of the guard, a, the leader of the local bank. There is a druid in town by the name of... Uh, Wow, I just completely lost his name. Um, well, we'll come back to him. But he's a mute elf who's also a druid. And he protects this item in town called the Hope Spring, which is actually outside the walls, but it is where the town gets all of its water from. Um, few other members of the council, but for the most part, the council doesn't deal directly with the rank-and-file folks. There is a tradition in Trunau that when... Someone comes of age, uh, usually their 12th birthday. They have a ceremony for that, for that child as they go from child to adulthood and they gain their hope knife. And what the hope knife is, it's, it's a dagger that is specially crafted, extremely sharp, and they use it as a last line of defense or as a defiance to the enemy measure usually in along the lines of cutting their wrists and then cutting their own throat. So that way the orcs can't take them alive. Very, very dark, very uh, defeatist in a way, but it is how they guarantee that they themselves will not be taken by the orcs. The town, like most in the uh, inner sea, is primarily human, However, this town does have a halfway decent amount of halflings, a spattering of dwarves, and a higher than usual number of half-orcs. Elves, while not unheard of, are pretty uncommon here, and as are half-elves. Now, as you guys have each come into town, you have found that apparently there was a hope knife ceremony being laid on. And you guys have arrived just in time for it. And as jubilation fills the evening air in the normally staid town of Trunau, it's the 12th birthday of the chief defender's youngest daughter, Ruby, and the townsfolk have been preparing all day for the ceremony and the festivities to follow. You see a throng of spectators has amassed at the town commons, and the buzz of the crowd subsides as the weathered town leader, Halgra of the Blackened Blades, takes the stage and she begins a speech. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us tonight. I take immense pride in my responsibility as chief defender, especially when it comes to the honor of the hope knife ceremony. 
It is always a great privilege to bequeath Trunalan youths with their hope knives as they come of age. She stops thinking for a moment, just long enough to open an ornamental case and retrieve a slender, ornately decorated dagger hanging from a silver chain. And then she continues. But tonight is a special occasion, for the recipient of this hope knife is none other than my youngest daughter. Once again, Halgra pauses, but this time she turns to talk to the child beside her. Ruby, by the traditions of our town, you have come of age. This hope knife represents your responsibilities as an adult and as a defender of Trunal. You must be willing to use it on yourself, your fellow Trunalans, and your family, even me should it come to that. It will be a far quicker death than that which the Yorks will offer, and providing it is your duty. Do you swear to guard Trunal from all comers, and to use your hope knife only for its intended purpose? Ruby, a dusky-skinned, black-haired, painfully shy-looking girl who... You can see her orcish features, but she definitely looks more human than orc. She shyly nods her head in response to her mother's question. Halgra then continues, If the orcs come and there is no other option, this, this is where you cut here, here, and here. Halgra demonstrates which arteries to sever while Ruby watches. When she's finished, Halgra sheathes the hope knife and places the necklace around Ruby's neck before turning back to address the crowd. Tonight, Ruby becomes a full member of our community. Let us welcome her and celebrate her passage into adulthood. True now forever! And the crowd echoes Halgra's last words in unison, signaling the end of the ceremony. As she finishes her speech, the townsfolk waste no time in transitioning to the ceremony's more light-hearted festivities, including a number of games in which you guys notice that Ruby is the key player. The first one is the Tug of War, which traditionally pits the Hope Knife receiver against Trunal's best defenders. And for the past several years, as you hear from the people discussing things around you, Kirst and Roderick Grath, the twin sons of uh, the captain of Trunal's militia, have taken on this role alongside other members of the militia. As they announce the game of tug of war, they tell Ruby to choose a number of spectators from the crowd to participate on her side. She carefully looks around, walks the edge of the crowd and looking everybody up and down. And as she does, she picks out each of the four of you. The crowd ushers you onto the stage so that you can help young Ruby win her first game as an adult. Now, as you guys are being lined up and not really given too much choice about it, um, we are going to use uh, the, the little system here that I've got where, oh, apparently I did not have the right thing selected. On this side, we'll use Cursed's token. Now, Two, three. Let me move him up a little. And on this side, since Bash is the strong man, what's going to happen is we are going to have a, a little encounter, so to speak. And uh, all of you guys are going to get the chance to roll at the same time on your guys' turn. Um... When it's your turn, the person with the highest strength on your side is going to get to make an opposed strength roll versus uh, Roderick on the other side. And each of you who, each of the others of you who succeed at a basic strength check, will give Bash a plus one. Since Bash, I'm pretty certain Bash is the strongest. Let me double check that. I would say yes with the D10 strength. All right. Any questions? No. Sounds good. Nope. All right. So on a failure, your side gets pulled one inch closer to the center like that. And I'm going to actually light up the marker so that way you guys can all see it. If it'll let me select it. There we go. 
All right. So whichever team crosses into that section there in the middle first is the losers. All right. So as the first round happens, I need everybody but Bash to go ahead and make their strength checks. Oh, and apparently there was some stuff in the chat there that I need to clear out real quick. So go ahead and make strength checks. You can either do it from your heads up display when you select your token, or you can do it straight. Just straight strength. Yep, straight Not strength. Athletics. All right, so it looks like doo -doo 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 -doo. Bash is going to get a total of plus two. Let me roll for the helpers for uh, oops, roll for the helpers on the other side. Click the ace button and roll, and this is for all the helpers at once. So they will add a plus two because of their raise onto Roderick's. And since Roderick and uh, Cursed are twins, I will go ahead and make a strength roll for Cursed. Bash, you have a total of eight. I didn't no, you roll didn't. that. Oh, apparently I had you selected. I apologize. Go ahead and make your uh, roll there, Bash. So it's looking like a six for Cursed and their side. And a seven. So you guys step back an inch. They come four inch. And the crowd is going wild as we go into the uh, second one. Put oh, your backs into it. Just ignore the, uh, the initiative cards there. This is just so I can track the number of rounds. All right. So everybody go ahead and make your strength checks again. Heave. Uh, that is not doing that correctly. I got a plus three. Let me wipe that out. Does he have a D6? He does. So I'm going to set up a D6 here, and this will be for all of his friends. All right, so they get a plus one. Scrolling back through, Thid gives a plus one. Spike gave a plus one. Wilkus gave a plus one. Where's that plus one coming from on yours, Wilkus? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. You have it marked on my sheet. Um. I am not sure. You shouldn't have a plus one there. Either way, even without the plus one, you still no. no without, without the, the plus, plus one, one, you would have you would not have made it. All right, so let's fix that. Like I said, I'm not sure where that came from. So plus two, plus two onto yours, and he gets a plus two as well. All right, he is sitting at seven. Oh, oh. Oh, that die went nuts. I feel like Spike just face planted. Probably fall on your butt since we're pulling. All right, so that is... Really hard. Oh, Bash just kind of sits down and just yanks back. Yeah, Bash, Bash just kind of like spins around, leans down into it, and just starts hammering his knees and pulls. And he ends up dragging Ruby and most of the rest of the party with him. However, that is a whole bunch of raises. So target number is seven. So 17, 27. That's a total of four raises. So he goes one, wow. two, three, four. And you guys pull them right into the mud pit in the middle. And the crowd absolutely goes nuts as Ruby's team wins. And I will clear all this out. All right, so lots of folks are like super cheerful. 
patting you guys on the back, buying you drinks. And now you just kind of have the chance to kind of like go around and figure out what the heck is going on here in town recently. What would you guys like to do? Uh, any local dwarves to speak to? Um, there's a few here and there, but they aren't super common. Um, you do notice one a female dwarf and she's wearing robes and has a number of books hanging from her belt and is using a staff and she is kind of sticking really tight to a female half work. Um, now while the, did I do an image for her? Cause they didn't put an image for her. No. Um, as you are looking at her, she doesn't seem to really pay much attention to you. Um, but what really catches your eye though, is the fact that one, she is like hand in hand with that female half work and that half work looks like this. Show to all. Did everybody get the image? Yeah. Yep. She beefy. She is very beefy and just covered in tattoos and earrings. She does not look like the type you want to get into a uh, match of fisticuffs with for certain. But that's really the only dwarf that stands out, and it's primarily because she's holding hands with that half-orc. Yeah, I'm, I'm still just going to walk up to her and be like, know of any ruins around here? She raises her eyebrow at you. And she says, well, that's, that's an interesting greeting. Oh, hi. I understand that most of the folks who still live underground can be a bit brash, but even that seems a bit rude. Let me, let me start you off correctly. I am Agrit Stagginstar. I am the owner of the local magic shop. And you, sir? Just call me Bash. Bash. Well, Bash, that certainly explains a lot. Um, um, as you're for looking, sorry. As for local ruins, the only thing that we really have locally would be the old plague house, and it burnt down a long time ago. Um, I'm tracking our people's history. Sorry. I see. Um, not many. Folks of our lineage here. Right. That's why I saw Dwarf came up, interrupted. Sorry. Hmm. It's, it's been a long road. Well, if you ever find yourself in need of uh, magical items, weapons, armor, what, what have you, please feel free to come by my shop. Got any hammers? Uh, no, that would be more of my wife's calling. She's Sarah, or sorry, um, yeah, Sarah. I was looking at the wrong name for a second. She runs Morning Hawks Fine Steel, though most of the folks around here will call it Clamor. And she handles virtually all of the metalwork in town. He tries and fails to not sneer at orcish blacksmithery and if you hear of any dwarven ruins just uh look me up if i'm still in town thanks it just goes and grabs a beer and chugs it because orc blacksmith bleh. how about the rest of you 
Well, I think Ted would have been paying attention to what Bash was doing after, because, um, like he said, there weren't many doors around. Um, and he would have noticed all the books um, that the other dwarf was holding. And so as Bash walked away and started chugging his beer, Thid would probably come up and uh, introduce himself. I'm, I'm Thid Leadfoot. Uh, good work out there on the rope. Oh, I, I wasn't on the rope. Uh, I was talking to Bash. That's That's the other guy on the rope. Ah. Well, oh, you, you came up to bash, not her. Yeah, yeah, I oh. came up to you while you were chugging. Your okay, beer. I, I oh. misunderstood. I apologize. Yeah, she so doesn't speak I, to you. Fine. Yeah, fuck your NPC, James. <laughs> <laughs> not so bad yourself. Look awfully small for a dwarf. Yeah, well, we all get the job done. Um, whereabouts are you from? South. Uh, so you're looking for <laughs> ruins, did I overhear? Yep, you know of any? No, but I'm looking for orcs and giants. Well, since the orcs followed us up looking for the sky, and the bastards sit in a sky citadel in their stupid fucking capital, there's orcs to be found. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, I'll join you on your hunt because you obviously got the brown. Um, I'm a little more on the technical side of things. I have no idea what that means. That figures. And then he'll grab another beer and hand it to him. <laughs> I like you, Thid. And chugs it. Yeah. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> What about Spike Lee and uh, Wilkes? I feel like I'm just so intrigued with the whole festival. Like, I'm just trying to absorb all the information, all the events. I'm just walking around, taking it all in. Hmm. So you're just kind of listening? Yeah. Um, go ahead and make a notice check. Okay. Okay. You are just like so overwhelmed with everything that's going on that uh, you really don't hear much of anything. Although at one point you hear a couple of drunken guardsmen trying to explain to someone else what, what just happened. And one of the guardsmen is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she's the chief defender's daughter she still has to pledge to uphold the standing vow in order to receive her hope knife just like the rest of us she has to agree to hold true now against all comers and you know never forfeit her homeland willingly that is the vow okay but otherwise I mean Every once in a while, as you're kind of just walking through the crowd in awe, standing at your hole two and a half to three feet in height, you hear somebody scream out, Ow, that hurt! As they Sorry. stumble away from you. Usually it's the drunks who stumble into you. Everybody else kind of just looks at you as an oddity, but doesn't get much closer to you than that. What about Wilkes? Yeah. Well, Wilkes is kind of steadying towards the edges of the crowds, looking for unattended food and stuff like that. Really hasn't gotten much to eat in the past couple of days. Okay. Um, as, as you're doing that, um, you see that... Uh, the crowd is just generally partying, having a good time. And right as you're about to slip something off the table, let me 
Let me see something here. Do do do. Make sure that's set correctly. You feel a almost like devastating blow to your back, like right between your shoulder blades, and you hear a large, loud thwap as somebody smacks you in the shoulders and says, Friend, friend, you don't have to sneak it. Don't worry, the food is free for everyone today. And uh, oh, oh. as you turn and look to see who this like bear was that struck you, um, you see Roderick, the guy, one of the guys, one of the two twins that was on the other side in the, the tug of war. And as you can see, he's a fairly handsome man, really tall, really well muscled. And uh, he's just got a big smile on his face. He's got a big stein in his hand filled with ale. And he's got another one that he snags off of a pa passing uh, waitress and just sticks it right in your hand and says, feel free, drink up, eat up, enjoy. You and uh, the other three, you, you did great out there. We, well, my brother and I, usually one of us has to switch to the other side so that way the new uh, defender can win. But you and the other three, I mean, you, especially that dwarf, he yanked us right off our feet. So drink up, have fun, friend. Uh, th th thank you. Hmm. This is true now, son. Don't be afraid here. No reason to be afraid. I will keep that, keep that in mind. As I start knocking back a little bit of the ale and taking some of the food and Enjoying myself eating, I will take a little bit, like take a bite of something and then put it in my, my pouch, grab something else, just to kind of stock up a little bit. Okay. Um, so as the party wears on, um, I'll have everybody make a common knowledge roll because everybody kind of has a chance to hear something as they're going about. Not fed. Bash does. So does Wilkus. But not Spike. So, Bash, you overhear a couple of folks talking about Roderick Grath, um, and you quickly are able to surmise it was that gentleman, the, uh, the picture that I just showed you, that was on the other side. And one of the ladies there's. Have you guys read Roderick's latest work, The Other Side of Contempt? He's our own homegrown writer. It's, it's a controversial poem, but that's what makes Roderick's writing so strong. He's not afraid to push limits. You going to step in to see if you can learn anything else? or uh, uh, Dude's writing poetry. Hmm. Yeah, it's yes. called The Other Side of Contempt. That sounds, that sounds interesting. What's it about? Oh, it's about how a lot of humans look down upon the half-orcs. And that it's, it's not really the half-orcs' fault that they are what they are. And many of them, they're, they're just as good as us. And as a matter of fact, I mean, rumor is that Roderick is actually seeing a, a, a half-orc. Would, would that make their children quarter orcs? Hmm, I would think so. I mean, that's kind of what's going on with uh, Helgra. I mean, Ruby's a quarter orc. Yeah, I like three quarters of her. <laughs> really, though, you, you should swing by... The Ramble House, they 
they usually keep a copy of Roderick's uh, latest publications there. And they got some of the best booze at an inn. Halflings sure um, know how to make food. I'll check it out. You had me a booze. <laughs> Wilkus, as you're standing there keeping to yourself, um, you kind of hear a couple of the guards talking. And one of them seems concerned as he's talking to what appears to be a, a relatively new guardsman. It's an older guy talking to a younger guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Roderick's slated to replace his father as patrol leader. But from what I hear, he's more concerned with his damn poems and plays than militia matters. He's diligent. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not quite sure either of the Graf boys is ready to lead this town's defenses yet. Want to kind of butt in a little bit? Uh, what makes you say that? Well, he writes poetry, writes plays. I mean, yeah, he's a decent fighter, but a bit softer well, than the old man. Well, sometimes it takes the arts to know the art of war. Guy looks you up and down. I'd expect that from Alf. I'm just going to roll my eyes and walk away. Okay. Well, after a few more hours of just having a good time and food and everything, um, all of you are now in need of a place to stay. And after asking around a bit, you guys do all hear of the Ramble House. And uh, what are you guys going to do? I'm going to go find the proprietor. I assume Bash told me about the poetry and booze there, and mostly about the booze, but I would be fascinated with the writings because it might have something about orcs in it that might help. So I will yeah, try to find one of the postings of his. It's always a possibility. Yeah, apparently he wrote a love letter to his orc girlfriend, well, you can uh, get us a couple of ales, and I'll I'll track it down. I know how to kill orcs. You hit them right in the head. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I want to find out how to kill them easier. That that's really easy. Go One swing. The ales. <laughs> I'll, I'll get the paper. As he walks away, he's just like, what's easier than just hitting them once with the hammer? What the hell is wrong with this guy? And as Thid walks away, he goes, well, some of us aren't fucking good with hammers. <laughs> but neither of them are the wiser. <laughs> All right. So, Spike and Wilkus, are you guys going to make your way over towards the Ramble House? Sounds like it's I the am. only yep. inn in town. Yep. yep. Well, when I arrive, I'm going to try to buddy-buddy with some of the uh, more intoxicated people. Try to score a free room for the night. Being all buddy buddy with them. <laughs> Meet Bash. Meet Bash. Right. Bash oh, hey, Haffy. Probably the drunkest one there. Good job pulling that rope. I think you might have actually helped. Maybe. Yeah, you, you, you weren't too bad yourself. I mean. Oh, shoot. Well, apparently, um, Something happened and caused a reload. So as soon as everybody's back in, hopefully soon, my screen is still loading. There we go. 
I'm not sure what happened. There we go. It just reloaded. Yeah, but I, I don't know what happened there. That was really weird. Here's the thing. We're, we're having technical difficulties. I think you're okay. real. Did it real. pull me out again? Uh, you're back. Everybody's back. Yep. But pulling a rope is a lot easier than pulling a chain that is connected to molten metal. Those are just people. I assume that's good advice. It's a fair assumption. Uh, what's well, your name, Happy? Uh, I'm Thid. This is Bash. I'm going to kind of roll my eyes a little bit at the Happy comment. My name's Wilkus. Uh, Wilkus Jones. Nice to meet you, Wilkus. It's all in good fun, and Thid will kind of pat him on the back. We all get called the same things. And then... Did you come up, Spike Lee, or no? Yeah, I came up. Um, Thid won't say anything to you, but he will start sketching you in his book and taking and notes. At this point, Bash is shit-faced. So he <laughs> leans over to Wilkis and Thid, am I that drunk, or is the plant moving? <laughs> I feel like he says that, and I hold up my fist or my hand, and I'm just kind of like, do I just ask him for a high five or no? What do I do? <laughs> I'm a little intoxicated, so I, I don't even know what that thing is, and I know a lot of creatures. Uh, hi, modern house plant. Um, thanks for helping on the rope. You, you left a few of your barbs in it. I had to pick them out later. Oh, well, can I have them back? Uh, they're they're out there in the field somewhere. And then he'll that was kind of rude of you. He'll huh? show his hand, and there's just like little pinpricks of blood. You'll never forget me. Uh, Bash probably will. He's uh, how many L's you on now, Bash? More than I can remember, but less than you, lightweight. Wait, yeah. no. Other way, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as uh, you guys make your way in to the Ramble House, you notice that for a place that is so set in, or it, that, that's in the middle of a primarily human town, everything here is either human size or halfling size, and the amount is split right down the middle. And uh, at the bar, standing on, you would guess, a little like bench that's behind the bar, you see this lady um, walking back and forth and taking orders. Young, uh, a halfling woman. And... Uh, as she finally notices you guys, she says, Oi, what can I get you, fine gentleman? And is that a cactus? Bash, you want another one? I think I'm going to need a bed soon. I got those too. Unfortunately, I've only got one room left for the night. Um, I hope y'all are friends. I mean, it's it's a small four person common room. I call the top buck. I'm not sleeping with the cactus. <laughs> wow. I mean, I would hope not. But that doesn't mean that it can't sleep in your room, does it? No, it, it, it helped with the thing and the stuff. It's a good plan. I am do, a good plan. Do I need Someone's to water you as tonight, as or is it going to freeze? Yeah, you can buy me a ale. All right. And and Jonesy here, and Thid. Yeah, we're good. 
How much? Uh, for the room, just a single gold piece for the night. I got it. And he'll reach in and pull out one gold piece and just set it on the counter. Like, the most deliberate pull out and set down of a gold piece ever as if it's taking every bit of willpower he has to not drop this thing. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's do, oh, come on. You know what? Let's do it this way. Because for some reason, the player list is doing that whole thing where when I right click it, it won't let me do anything, but there, there you go, Bash. There's an extra Benny. All right. Working for him. Um, so you guys have a few more drinks. Then Do eventually... I find one of those um, pamphlets or whatever that he wrote? Uh, actually, yeah. Um, I'll just store it away for now. I'm not going to look at it tonight. Okay. Uh, clearly too far inebriated to That's discern fair. anything. That's fair. Every time Bash gets up to go use the, the facilities, because at this point he's broken the seal. It's like, oh, gotta go water the cactuses and winks at Spike Lee. <laughs> and every time he says cactuses, it goes, it's cacti. I, why would you? Do they even have eyes? At, what? No, no. The plural form of cactus is ca cacti. There are Three cacti's. Cac cactus? Ca yeah, cacti's. Cactuses. Yeah. So, where are you from, little cat? Where are you from? Uh, the, the Mind Spin Mountains. You ever heard of them? Uh, everybody brags about them and how great they are. And I don't even think they're all that great, but because you know, well, oh look, you can pick uh, you can mine the great, good for them, and just to not annoy everybody, I'm just gonna stutter off and start talking about how great these mountains are that his family always brags about, and he won't yeah. shut up until you stop him. As as you're sitting there and you're going on and on, Bash falls over, lands face uh, first in, in a spittoon, and then one of the uh, guards, and then another uh, guard comes up and uh, says, hey, we'll, we'll take him yet. up to your guys' room. It's okay. Oh, no. We'll, we'll take him. We're done here. Put him We're on good. the bottom bunk. We'll go upstairs. Uh, the bottom. The bottom bunk. The bottom bunk. With the, with the cat. Cactuses. And uh, as you guys are making your way out, those of you who are not uncommon, we'll drinking. Uh, maybe like two or three throughout the day. Okay. And Spike Lee, how about you? I just had the I just had the one that I made that buy okay. me because I just um, wanted him to buy me a drink. <laughs> all three of you make notice checks. Uh, Thid, you're going to have a minus four on this. Wilkes, you'll, you'll have a minus one. And Spike, you'll, you won't have any penalty at all. Wow. Those, those are some rolls. Except for Wilkes, who barely made it. <laughs> um, Wilkes, you notice that as you guys are kind of dragging... And I do mean dragging because Bash weighs a metric ton in all of his armor and everything. I think he's actually in plate. No, he's not. I have a chain, so I'll hook it to a piece of his armor and just drag yeah, him. Yeah, he's the, the chain mail that he's wearing is definitely weighing him down, as is all of his weapons and armor. And you guys are dragging him. And Wilkes, you notice that Cham, the uh, halfling woman who pretty clearly owns the place, kind of rolls her eyes. Um, Fid, you, you notice pretty much the same thing. Um, she just kind of rolls her eyes at, you're guessing it would be Bash. You've seen this kind of thing before in other bars where somebody gets drunk, passes out, and usually kind of rolls their eyes. 
But is she like mad or is she just like a playful like, oh, there's another one? Yeah, that's the feeling you get is, yeah, there's another one. Spike, on the other hand, you kind of get the feeling that she probably is not a big fan of dwarves. And then as, as you're kind of paying more attention, she, she doesn't look like she's a fan of elves or half elves or orcs or the only ones you notice that she's really, really friendly with is the, uh, the other halflings that you see. I'm going to go up to her. Okay. I'm going to say, you know, when I chose to come to this town, I was under the impression that we were all welcomed here. You guys didn't, you know, discriminate much against most people as long as we, you know, helped out. So what's, what, what's your problem here, lady? I don't know what you mean. I'm helping everybody out here. I'm helping them get drunk. I'm helping them find a room. Well, you don't look very happy that me and my friends are here. We're paying you money, so shouldn't mm. you be happy? Clearly, you're reading too much into it. In the background, Thid has a chain wrapped around Bash, and he's dragging him <laughs> up the steps. And every yeah. time his head hits a step, he goes, uh, Get it? Bash! Bash! <laughs> Bash! <laughs> I don't feel a thing. <laughs> and that is creating one heck of a ruckus. See, like, my, my friends are so entertaining. Everybody here is entertained. So you're welcome. And I'm just going to turn and walk back up the steps. Bash! Bash! All right. So you guys make your way up. And the room that you have the key to, it's up on the second floor. No, it's up on the third floor. Sorry. And uh, when you open it, inside you see four single beds, um, no, no bunk beds. It's a large enough room that four single beds fit on the floor, and there's a couple of candles lighting the room, and uh, pretty much it looks pretty comfy. And one of the uh, maids who's making her way, and she also happens to be a halfling, looks up and says, oh, um... You, uh, cactus person, uh, can we get you some potted soil? Would, would that be better? I sleep in a bed just like everybody else, asshole. Oh. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Uh, a flower bed. <laughs> <laughs> a real bed. Uh, and, I mean, bash. compared to what you kind of notice about Cham... She seemed like she was actually confused. Like, you're a plant. Shouldn't plants be resting in dirt? Rather than being spiteful. Gotcha. She was genuinely ignorant. Um, so, you guys head to bed. I'm going to point out to my new friend, Sid uh, here. That if he really wants a bunk bed, he can just put his bed over top of Bash's bed. <laughs> and Sid's going to be already like leaning up against the wall after he had to wrestle Bash into bed. Yeah. And he's going to look over at Wilkus and go, What you talking about, Wilkus? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was the setup I was hoping for. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> and then he'll get up and have Wilkins help him put the bed on top of Bash's. Okay, well. You guys get a nice... <laughs> a nice night's rest. And uh, as you awake the following morning, Fed, Bash, you guys are trying to figure out where the drummers are. Because it's just this constant pounding and banging in your head. And it's Ugh. not helped by the fact that it sounds like they're throwing a party outside your room. And everybody can hear that. Yeah, it, it sounds busy out there. 
I feel like I hit my head on every stair. Uh, <laughs> I missed a couple. Probably on the bottom of Thid's bed, too. <laughs> yeah, he probably woke up and went to sit up. <laughs> do, do you sleep all right? I don't, I don't remember walking to this. This bed feels nice, but why are there drummers? Uh, I don't know, but I figured that bed was more comfortable than the lobby where you decided to lay. These, these people know how to party if they're still going. Uh, we might as well get up and join them. All right, so the dwarves are getting up to get a little hair of the dog by the sounds of it. Uh, Wilkes and Spike, what about you two? I mean, you don't hear these drums that those two are talking about, but uh, it definitely sounds like there's something going on outside of the uh, outside of your room. Yep, I'm going to get up. Go check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna get up as well and remind Thid that we need to put the bed back where we found it. Oh, so oh, right. extra oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and maybe like turn Spike's sheets inside out so like they don't get stuck by all the things because those really did hurt. <laughs> Flip Spike's mattress. Got it. <laughs> all right. So as uh, there's a better homes and. Gardens magazine under the mattress, <laughs> like a dirty Playboy stored under there. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it, it's it's better hose and gardens. Better hose and gardens. <laughs> it's like they have cracked pots, and so it's a little more revealing. <laughs> Full ah. root systems exposed. <laughs> And if you'd like to see Spike Lee's plant porn, <laughs> check her out at Spike Lee at OnlyFans.com. OnlyFans.com. She's, she's a top 0.4% creator. OnlyPlants.com. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, OnlyPlants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you guys are gathering things up, getting ready to head out for the day and see what all the ruckus is, you swing the door open and you see a bunch of staff. Um Humans, halflings, and the men that you see kind of seem to be in shock, and several of the women are just sobbing. And, I mean, they, they don't even seem to notice you guys at first. They're all just kind of standing in a small group in the hallway, and like I said, the women are just sobbing, and the men just seem in shock. I guess I'll go up to him and see what's going I'm, on. I'm just gonna like kind of yell it in the hallway. Did I did I do something? This will kind of sober Thid up pretty quick, so he'll kind of put a hand on Vash's shoulder. Like, uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Um, Spike, as you're stepping out, one of the, the as a matter of fact, it's the same halfling woman who asked you if you wanted some potted soil. She just looks at him and says, he's, he's dead. Roderick, he, he killed himself. And that's where we'll pick up next time. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll see you then. Have a great one. Bye, everybody. Dun, Bye. dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.